This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation. And Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown, Las Vegas! With insight, opinions, and interviews. We're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now. With the latest on your Raiders and the NFL. Your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moten. Welcome back, everybody, to Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast covering your Las Vegas Raiders. We hope you had a great, long weekend. We're ready to talk Raiders football, and there's one subject that keeps popping up, and of course, we're going to get into that, and I know some people will be like, oh, what is it, a slow news day? Yes, it's a slow news month, uh, but that doesn't matter because we're here to talk about Raider football, and I say we are because it's myself, Scott Branson, and my co-host, my partner, that is Mr. Mo Moten. He's a national NFL beat writer, excuse me, NFL writer over at Bleacher Report. The bees got me there. Uh, he covers the entire league. He also is the Raiders columnist up on sportsnot.com. So if you want to read his Raider-specific stuff, you can get it there too. Mo, how was your weekend, man? Did you have a good, uh, a good long weekend? I know you were working anyway, but still, uh, it's nice to have that Monday a little bit uh, uh, casual. Absolutely. Uh, I had a crazy Saturday. So Uh-oh. I had I had to walk 22 blocks to get to Bleacher Report's office because there was a there's an issue with, with, you know, traffic and everything going on in the city. And I got to the studio. I'm all sweaty. I'm huffing and puffing because <laughs> I'm trying to get there on time. So I had to go in the green room, cool off, get on air and look like nothing ever happened. But I was completely drained before I even got on air. But I had a fun show. A lot of guys were in live chat. Shout out to John John five eight five Rock Rock Raider, Raider five eight five on Twitter. Yep. Uh, he he always livens up the chat. He's always there to brighten <laughs> things up and ask questions, and he makes it fun. And a lot of other people were there that I haven't talked to recently, so it was a fun day Saturday, and I got to come home and watch a fun game. Won some money off that. So there you go. See weekend. now. Now I did not I did not think you looked at all disheveled or tired on the Bleacher Report live stream. So the 22 blocks and for people who think well 22 blocks yeah that's a lot but really that bad but when you're talking about New York City New York City, blocks, city blocks in correct. Manhattan in going Manhattan. through 34th Street Penn Station going through oh. Times walking through Times Square I Scott I walked through parades <laughs> half naked women trying to get men to pave and change and dance oh. and all types of stuff were going on on 42nd Street on Saturday, and, well, and I'm Mo, just walking through everything. You know, you are Midtown Mo, so you have to spend some time with the people. I mean, you got to get out there and you got to shake hands, kiss babies, not pay women to kiss them, <laughs> but you got to kiss babies. So, uh, yeah, it's it's interesting because I, I went I've gone to New York three or four times a year for like 10 years on business. Right. So I was there all the time. 
and saw how they just completely changed that area, especially Times Square and how it's cleaned up. It sounds like it's kind of fallen back a little bit into the uh, <laughs> eh, sketchy. Crazy town. Yes, crazy town. Still some obviously uh, uh, nice areas there too, but I'm glad you made it okay, and I'm glad the people got to see Midtown Low in the flesh on his way. I'm sure you were huffing it too, right, trying to get there on time? Yeah, I, I, I did the 22 blocks in about 15 minutes. So wow. it was a long New York City box, 22 and 15 minutes, got there. Like I said, cooled off. But the Raider fans that were in the chat Saturday night, again, made it worth my while. And it was a fun time. Of course, Raider fans wanted to talk quarterback, which we will talk today. Uh, but that show was all about trade ideas, which I will have a piece <laughs> on sports not coming up. Just for people who didn't see the show, they can read it in writing. Right. And and we come to you, obviously, this podcast on on Tuesday morning. Uh, for those of you listening to the morning, for those of you watching us on YouTube, you're seeing it uh, Tuesday night after the long weekend. And of course, the conversation, as you can see in the graphic on the show here, is uh, around the Jimmy Garoppolo contract news, the addendum that was added in March when he was signed. If you all remember correctly, the press conference got delayed at the end of a day and went to the next day. Nobody knew why. Everybody speculated maybe he didn't pass his physical well that ended up being true uh and the raiders added an addendum that basically protects them should jimmy g have an issue with his second metatarsal and i say that specifically and we'll get into that in a second but first mo this dominated the conversation and still into this tuesday dominates the conversation people upset saying oh my gosh this guy's not even gonna be ready why did they hide this blah 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 I'm going to get your perspective first, and then I'm going to give one after that that may be a little different. But when you saw this news, everyone has concerns over Jimmy Garoppolo and his health because he has a record of getting hurt and not playing in a full season of, of, of games. So that is a very real issue. We've talked about it on this show. We've talked it as a big downside to the signing of Garoppolo and the, and as the Raiders said goodbye to Derek Carr. But I want to get your take on this contract news, when it broke, and what it means for, uh, for this Raiders team and for their fans. So first thing I want to say was, and you kind of touched on a little bit, I was not a fan of the Jimmy Garoppolo signing simply for this issue, his injury history. And I already said he's, as the Raiders are signing him, he's hurt right now. <laughs> you know, so... It, it just it's just a very risky acquisition. What I will say about this deal is that if you go on social media, it's very one-sided. It's either mm. it's time to hit the panic button and the sky is falling or it's no big deal. And I would say it's in the middle right now because we don't know when Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be back. To be fair to these reports, the Raiders added these addendums for a reason because there was some concern there that you know he doesn't heal properly because it's out of their hands. We don't know how his body is going to heal. So the Raiders put these clauses in his contract that waiver in his contract so to protect themselves so we understand that but the sky is not falling yet simply because what if jimmy g is back before training camp what if he's back next week then it's it's a moot point for now but i will say it's still you're still a little on eggshells because you know his what his injury history is right but the other side of this is the worst case scenario is if Jimmy G is not back and he either re-injures his foot or has a setback or it doesn't heal properly, a lot of fans will say, well, Dave Ziggler was a, a genius for the way he constructed the contract. And I agree. I, I would say, yes, the contract fits the player and his injury history. And, we, and I said this plenty of times when he was signed. I said, look at the contract. Over over the cap.com, this is a very team-friendly contract. The Raiders are, are protecting themselves just in case Jimmy G gets hurt. I said that 50 times 
when he was signed. No one listened, of course. But <laughs> the worst case scenario is if Jimmy G has a setback and he can't play, what do the Raiders do at quarterback? You're yes. starting Brian Hoyer. You're starting Aiden O'Connell, maybe. Mm-hmm. You're going out and getting Carson Wentz, who's a free agent right now. Carson Wentz worked with Scott Turner, who's on the Raiders coaching staff right now. It didn't look good in Washington, but who knows? When you're desperate for a quarterback, you go with familiarity, which was what Josh McDaniels has done. But you don't the, – the thing is, people will say, well, you could just tank for Cleve Williams. And that sounds great in theory from a fan perspective. But you think Deon, do you think Devontae Adams wants to hear that? After no. he just said he doesn't see eye to eye with the way the offense is in the front office, do you think he wants to see Aiden O'Connell or Brian Hoyer or Carson Wentz under center week one? I don't think so. Right. Now, the, the issue here, though, and, and I don't disagree with what you said there. Clearly, the, the injury history with Jimmy Garoppolo is what we've talked about for months since, since they signed him in March, and, and that's always been the concern. We had talked about on our show – you had predicted 10 games that he would play in 10 games already. Mm-hmm. So, so you're looking at that. The interesting thing, and I'm going to take a little bit of a different tact on this than you, Mo, because if you look at the situation, again, this con- injury addendums and contracts, and we're working on getting a guest for later in the week, by the way, to talk about contracts, because I think it's important. These are not unusual. In fact, they happen quite a bit. They happen probably hundreds of times a year in the NFL, meaning that the NFL teams have to protect themselves. It's sort of like an insurance policy. We all buy insurance policies, not because we think we're going to get in a car accident every day or we're going to die and have to have life insurance. We think of it as a, hey, in case it happens, we're going to have it there. So this addendum is, to your point about what what they did here with with, um, um, Dave Ziegler and the contract, they protect themselves. Now, the key, though, is, and we're going to get into actually in the third segment, by the way, Phil Robinson uh, Jr., or the third, excuse me, Philip Robinson, right. from RaiderRamble.com and also from the Unfiltered Truth, which you can watch here on, on Twitter as well, um, is going to be on with us to talk about the front office in the second segment. In the third segment, we'll get into some of the optics here, because I think it's a different conversation, but I want to talk about that towards the end of the show. But the point I want to make to you, Mo, and I want to get your reaction to this is, this only applies to that second metatarsal in his foot. Okay. They found it. He came in. That's what the delay was. They put a screw in it to help it heal. That's what the Raiders did. The 49ers said he didn't have to do it. Raiders said he did. So they did. So they knew about it. It was not something that they hid per se. I'm not saying they knew. That's why they did the addendum. Right. So when you're looking at this, I think it's two issues. The foot issue with this second metatarsal and then the record if you will, of Jimmy Garoppolo always being injured is a separate issue. So when you look at this, but when the fans look at it and when people talk about it, I just think the conversation has got so overblown because of that. It doesn't apply to every injury. If he goes out and, and, and blows out his ACL in training camp, this addendum doesn't cover that. It only covers the one medical issue. And so when I look at it that way, I'm like, okay, so that means to me, And again, people will accuse me of defending the regime, and that's not what I'm doing. What I'm saying, though, is they obviously, in their wisdom, we'll see if they're correct, okay? They believe this will be fine, and he will be at training camp. So that's why they – but they added the addendum just in case. The issue of what do they do if he can't go is a separate issue, which we'll talk about too, and you mentioned it. But I think that this this do or die – like. Uh, it's it's the end of the world. This is, you know, book of revelation stuff. I think that's overblown. Here's the thing. And the first thing I want to do is you're right. It, it, it the, the addendum applies to his foot injury. So I, 
we should have did this before we got into the conversation, but I just mm-hmm. want to read out the 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 prereqs, the requirements right. of of the, of the addendum. So just to go down a rundown, after Jimmy G failed his physical at the Raiders facility, the Raiders converted converted his eleven point two five million dollars signing bonus into a base salary, right? So that to again to protect themselves financially. So the the contract now says if Jimmy G passes his physical, Jimmy G has to pass his physical, mm-hmm. has to play in one active regular season game, and cannot re-injure his foot for the season. Correct. For that, for that, for those clauses to be null and void. Basically, then Jimmy G will get his guaranteed his twenty two point five million in guaranteed. Again, if he passes the physical, plays in one regular season game, is active for one regular season game, and doesn't re-injure that foot. And so as you said, if he blows out an ACL or has a shoulder injury, these things don't apply. The Raiders are still on the hook for that money because it's a different injury. This only mm-hmm. applies to the foot. So I just wanted to get that out of the way. Now, but what I will say to your point about people saying, oh, you're defending the regime, I, I will say this, though, right? The Raiders knew what they were getting into with Jimmy Garoppolo. We all knew. You can easily Google his yes. history and know, okay, he blew out. He tore his ACL when one year at the 49ers. He had a nagging ankle injury in another year where he missed, I believe, 11 games and wound up on injured reserve. And then last year, he broke his foot. So this is a guy who doesn't just have a foot problem. He has a full body. He has a durability issue. Yes. And, and, and before this even happened, it was risky to begin with. And to me, the, for the Raiders to sign this guy, and, and this, again, I'm going to go back to say this. I was not a fan of signing for this reason. To go back and sign a guy who's been, who hasn't played more than 11 games in two out of five years as a 49ers starter is a risky acquisition, period. Mm-hmm. Now he is coming off of an injury, and you have to put all these addendums into his contract. They're active bonuses for him to play. To me, this feels like Josh McDaniels wanted his guy no matter what. And 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 mind you, mind you, Jimmy G agreed to all these addendums and, and waivers and clauses in his contract because I feel like he knew or probably felt like he isn't going to get a good of deal elsewhere because the team is not going to look at Jimmy G and go, this guy is on a mend with his foot. Now, he may be fine, but what if he's not? And plus his injury history, we're not going to give him that type of money. I feel like Jimmy G knew that his biggest payday would come from the Raiders because of his familiarity with Josh McDaniels, who wanted his guy. Right. And I and I think ex- you're saying exactly what I'm at. I'm going to I'm going to say it in a different way. And that is this is the original argument for or against him. So so the foot and the addendum to the second metatarsal I guess the reason I'm saying it's overblown is because these aren't new issues. This is the addendum. That doesn't change anything. It doesn't change your view and what you've said, Mo, on this show about Jimmy G being a risky signing. So I guess Mm -hmm. that's what I'm, is, is it people now are looking at it as like, well, see, well, they knew about this as they signed him though. So to me, Mm -hmm. it was not, it was nothing new. The only thing we know is that the contract, we don't know anything about the medical stuff. We don't know how far clearly they believe he'll be at training camp to say training camp and then to play one regular season game. Uh, I think that, that they have a pretty safe bet in their view and their doctors, the Raiders team doctors and physicians believe he will be fine and that he is healing well, or you wouldn't have signed him in March to your point though, the money converting because of the addendum was huge. You have to protect your owner. You have to protect the franchise against spending uh, an $11 million bonus, which was originally a signing bonus, that would have been gone, and then suddenly he never plays another football game, and what'd you get? Nothing, right? So so I don't, I don't disagree with what they did with the addendum. I just think we're making the original argument all over again. 
No, you're right that this was a risky sign, even more yes. risky now because yes. he failed this physical <laughs> and then they went on with the signing anyway. But, but, but Mo, but Mo, I, I, I'm not disagreeing with that. I will say, though, and again, we will know as he gets out on the field, if he gets out on the field, they, they, Dave Ziegler, he is betting on and believes based on what he's heard that it's not going to be an issue. That injury, not the, <laughs> not other things that right. could happen to Jimmy G, right. but that injury in particular. And what I will say to that is that he better be right. Because hundred percent, hundred percent. I will say this. I'm not hitting the panic button yet because it's still late May. We're just getting right. into June OTAs. Right. I'm not freaking out. Ideally, you want a new quarterback on the field with his new teammates as ASAP as soon as, soon as possible. possible. Yeah. But if, is it a big deal if he misses all of OTAs? I mean, the pads are not on. No one's hitting yet anyway. A lot of veterans miss OTAs. New veterans coming from other teams miss OTAs as well. I mean, guys are just traded. Guys are coming in for free agency to new teams, and they miss OTAs. He knows Josh McDaniel's system. I will say, you don't start to hit reach for the panic button until it's August. Yeah. If it's the right. first week of August and there's still no timetable on Jimmy G coming back, that is a problem because that That's means the problem. Raiders guessed on on the estimate of his recovery timetable and they're missing on it. And by the way, it's a big deal because even though he knows the system, you still have to shake off that rust. We've seen Derek right. Carr have rusty um starts to seasons yeah. after not playing in the preseason. He knew certain systems, even though he changed coordinators and whatnot. But we we saw that under John Gruden. You still need to knock off that rust, especially if you haven't played football since early December, which Jimmy Garoppolo asked when he broke his foot against the Dolphins. Right. So he's got to right. he's got to not only get to know his teammates, he's got to knock off some rust, and he needs to do that during training camp. And if he doesn't, the Raiders are going to have a slow start to the, to the regular season on offense, even if he is able to play in Week One. Correct. There is no Plan B. There was no rookie, and I'm not talking about Aiden O'Connell. I'll do respect to him, but there was no rookie they drafted early in the first round that's going to be sitting behind the veteran, right? Which could have happened, perhaps. So to me, that you're right. If it doesn't work out, they're in there. The, the fecal matter hits the fan, so to speak. The crap hits the, <laughs> the right. Matter. It just does. It does hard. And and to me, that's the biggest issue. So I understand the nervousness of fans, especially the fans that were not happy. And this tells me though. You know, we'll have to look back on it, I think, once we see how it all plays out. But the Raiders' choices, when they decided to move on from Derek Carr, which they were clearly intent on doing the last three games of last season, they had to find their gap guy or, excuse me, their yeah, their gap guy, their bridge guy, until they figure out what they're going to do long term. So what were their options? We talked about their options ad nauseum. They went with the familiarity, to your point, because of Josh McDaniels knowing Jimmy Garoppolo with all the gambles there. If that doesn't pay off, you're right. This team and some people, yes. Okay, let's, let's tank for Caleb. Tanking does not work because you don't, you don't control all the factors. Yes, you might control. You can make your team as bad as you want, and you still might have the second or third pick instead of the first pick. You, know? you don't know what's going to happen. And so there's no guarantee. People talk like it's a guarantee. So we'll have to see what happens. But this decision, the addendum doesn't bother me as much. That's actually a good point. But to me, it's the longer-term vision of, hey, you signed a guy that's got the nickname Jimmy Glass – for a reason. And so now for those people who were against the signing, they already have a reason to say, see, now you're doing something else. He's got another medical issue. So we'll have to see all it plays out. And you're right. They're betting everything on this guy. And that's a, that's a risky bet with his history. 
I just wanted to say this, though, and this is why I said I would have preferred the Raiders had drafted a quarterback earlier. Remember, one of my plans was, yes, sign Jimmy G, but still go after a quarterback early because of Jimmy G's history, his injury history. Now, the only pushback against that says, well, the quarterback class next year will be better. But as you said, you don't control the order. Look at what happened to the to the Houston Texans last year, right? (laughs) Houston Texans probably thought they were going to get the number one overall pick. They wind up winning the last uh, game against the, uh, the the Bears. The Bears, yeah. And the Bears get the number one pick. And, and you know, rumor has it that the Texans really wanted Bryce Young. Now they wind up with C.J. Stroud. It may work out for them. But there's no guarantee that a treat, that a team is going to w- want to trade with you. So right. even if the Raiders people say, oh, you, the Raiders could just trade up for their quarterback. It's not yeah, that easy. you got to find a partner that's want to trade up. What if the top four teams all want quarterbacks? You know, so we don't know what's going to happen. But what I will say for the now, Raider Nation, if you're listening to this podcast, <laughs> I know there are a lot of people on one side or the other. They either hate Josh McDaniels or they they like him because he got rid of Derek Carr. They want to give him a chance. I get both sides, right? What I will yep. say is that if Jimmy Gar- if Jimmy Garoppolo is not on the field by the first week of August, no matter what side you're on, it looks like a horrible signing. And some people question me and said, "Why didn't you put this?" I had a Bleach Report article um, moves that roster moves that teams will regret. And someone said, "Why didn't you put Jimmy Garoppolo up there as as a as a move that a team will will regret?" And I said, "Well, I didn't say this on Twitter because I didn't want to get into a back and forth. I'm done with going <laughs> back and forth on Twitter all day. But I will say this: it's not a regrettable move yet because we don't know. And, and until and like I said, until Jimmy Garoppolo is out, you know, for the first week of training camp, there's no need to reach for the panic button and say, "Oh, this is a horrible move. Let's yes. see. Let's see where yes. his recovery is. Let's wait until the first week of August, end of July, to see." where we are with this and his injury history and his, well, his injury recovery in this case. Yes, 100%. Exactly. That was my point exactly. All right. We're going to step aside for our first break. When we come back, Philip Robinson III, Raider Ramble, did a piece on looking at the Raiders' first full offseason under Josh McDaniels and and Dave Ziegler. How did he think and how did he write the team did? We're going to get into that with Philip coming on here next. You're listening to Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast with Mo and Scott. Don't go anywhere. What up, y'all? It's your boy, Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back. Silver and Black today, the Tuesday edition. Scott Colbranson, Mo Moten back with you. And joining us now, too, is our guest for the day. That is Mr. Phil Robinson III with one L. It's spelled incorrectly in the graphic. That is all my fault. So I have to apologize to our guest for that one. Uh, I'll blame it on the holiday weekend, Phil. You know, a lot of drinking was involved, I'm sure. You start seeing multiples of things, and it's easy to see a couple of L's. When uh, there was only one there, especially when you're a fan of the Raiders. 
Oh, look at that. that now, you talk about a way to start. Early zinger. Holy moly. And he's got, Early for those zinger. of you watching on YouTube or wherever you're watching, he's got fire behind him because he's going to bring it today, I'm sure. Uh, but we want to talk to Phil. Phil, of course, you can catch him. He writes as a contrib contributor up on RaiderRamble.com, but also his uh, show, The Unfiltered Truth, you can catch live uh, on Twitter and YouTube, you name it. So make sure you follow him as well on Twitter. And we'll put his stuff in the description of the show. But Phil, this piece you did on Raider Ramble about the Raiders' first full offseason under Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels um, is kind of a mixed bag. Tell everybody, kind of give them your takeaway from a high level, and then we'll get into some detail with you. Um, so a lot of it, it's a mixed bag. You look at what they did when they came in, and they tried to show some loyalty to the roster. They, they extended Derek Carr. They brought in Devontae Adams. They extended Hunter Renfro. They extended Darren Waller. They extended Max Crosby, but they did not extend Josh Jacobs. And through, through the course of the season, Josh Jacobs was the league's leading rusher. And since they didn't extend him and give him the fifth-year option, excuse me, they ended up pay, giving him the franchise tag and paying him the $10 million anyway. Now... Be, I'll, I'll stick with the articles, but since the article I've written came out, we've had some other things come into question here. And so it, we'll address that later. But the moves that have been made through the course of the, the year were to be expected a little bit because a new system, guys got to figure out, the coach has to figure out who can fit the system, who can play. Are these the same guys that he saw on tape versus now that he's got them in the building and now that he's trying to implement what he's trying to do, can they do it? And the answer for some of those was no. Derek Carr had statistically one of his worst seasons ever and, and proved to be that he was not going to be the guy moving forward with this franchise. Um, Josh Jacobs came out, was the league-leading rusher, and they thought that he was going to be done, washed up, injury history, you know, couldn't stay healthy, couldn't give you a full season. So what did he do? He almost broke Marcus Allen's rushing record. And over the course, and over the course of his four years in the league, he's got 4,700 yards rushing and 40 touchdowns. Running back is typically not a position that it pays off to reward with large contracts. But at the same time, he's been the prototypical embodiment of what it is that they're looking for from all their players. And you can't not pay him, especially with what you have, what you're looking at in offensively now, because your quarterback is is a uh, has some question marks at it. And so with a, with a, one of the things that he said in the offseason about how he was going to get paid was he had no problem taking less if you were going to bring in somebody who was going to be able to take some of the pressure off of him. But if you expected him to play hero ball, which it is looking more and more like is going to be expected of him, then you are going to need to pay him accordingly. You bring up a good point there, because I, I talked about that a lot with Scott here, that depending on what the Raiders roster looks like going into week one, Josh Jacobs is going to look around at training camp and say, look, this roster looks like a five, six win team. You're going to have to pay me before I continue on, before I continue to come to practice and put my all into this. So I agree, fully agree with your point there. I made that point previously. But I want to go back to just an overview of the of the regime right now over the past, you know, year, year and a half. 
what would you say is the best move this regime has made? You can't use Devontae Adams as a, as a, as a talking point. Excluding Devontae Adams, because we all know he's great. Other than Devontae Adams, what is the best move that this regime has made? And what is the worst or most questionable this regime has made since Dave Ziggler and Josh McDaniels got together in Vegas? Best move this, the best move that this regime has made has been bringing in Carmen Brasillo. What they've been able to do with the bodies that they have in terms of offensive line has been tremendous. And for all of a lot of the talk that I've heard and seen when it comes to the offensive line is about how terrible they are, how they can't block nobody, how what they can't do, and how we need to go out and get names and guys that people know so that they can feel better about what it is that this offensive line does. This offensive line provided the 11th most time to throw that they often provided enough time for Derek Carr to hold the ball for far too long and not make the decisions that he needed to make and get the ball out. In addition, for all of the flack that Andre James caught for some of the earlier earlier play in, in previous seasons, he got injured with a concussion. And without him, we all heard about Dylan Parham playing center. And, you know, he did a good, admirable job, filled in there great. But when Andre James came in, there were, came back, there was a noticeable change in the offensive line. They kicked it into high gear. And from that point on, Josh Jacobs became the best rusher in the league and potentially the most valuable player of any franchise. Because if you took Josh Jacobs off this franchise or his production, the Raiders got very little when he wasn't on the field. Yeah, good then point. You then, then your worst move. Then my worst move that this regime has made under Josh McDaniels and uh, Dave Ziegler, the continued the continued lack of attention to the linebacker position. Mm. We've talked a lot about that on here, Phil. You you cannot at the the range. I, I won't even talk about the player. The range that you ask these guys to cover to defend is crucial to success of the defense. You can have the best front four. You can have the best back four. But if you've got nothing in the middle three, you have a problem. This team has failed to address the linebacking position in the middle of the defense forever. Now, (laughs) Denzel Perriman was lucky enough to get into the Pro Bowl as an alternate. And I got all the love and respect for him. He was a personal favorite of mine. I enjoyed watching him play. His issue was injury. And pass coverage when it when it came to watching him do man to man coverage, it, it was you realize why he wasn't asked to do that very much. It's it's and then the tight end, what tight ends and running backs have been able to do out of the flats and breaking in in terms of breaking contain. It comes down to having quality linebackers who have their prerequisite size and speed in order to play the position effectively the way that it needs to be played in the modern NFL. There you go. Hey, hey, on that one. I agree with you 100%. We started one of the one of the issues uh, that we wanted to talk about, too, and we, we spent the whole first segment on it, and I've said it's a little overblown in some ways, in other ways not so much. But the quarterback position, you talked about the Jimmy G, the, the contract addendum, the injury history, which is the bigger issue, not just a foot injury that's outlined in that, but everything we know about the career of Garoppolo and what he's done and the reason why he's earned the nickname Jimmy Glass – but beside that, let's just say Jimmy G doesn't go, Phil. The options behind Mo has said publicly that, hey, maybe you get Aiden O'Connell out there instead of Brian Horry. He's a young quarterback. 
What do you think of that? What do the Raiders do at quarterback if Garoppolo gets injured early or whenever he does? What is that problem going to do to this team and its ability to, to build that offense and satisfy its star players? Not only Josh Jacobs, which you talked about earlier in the segment, but also Devontae Adams uh, and, and, and the entire team and just the flavor of the offense. Well, there's a couple there's a pu- couple directions <laughs> to go with the answer to that question. So I promise you, I'm going to get to the question that you asked. <laughs> right off the bat, I'm going to tell you my own personal opinion, and and this is and we got the flames on for a reason. Somebody deserves to be fired if mm. Jimmy Garoppolo cannot go. The in the inattention to the quarterback position, the high, the the signing of a gentleman with a for a. Glo- it's not a Liz Frank injury, but we've been, I've been looking into it. It's along the region of the Liz Frank injury. What the difference being the Liz Frank, I believe is a ligament issue. Whereas the bone that is connected to that tendon is what Jimmy broke. So it's not necessarily a Liz Frank per se, but it is on the, it has virtually the same effect. If I was, if I was remember what I was told correctly. Uh, and that is, that's crazy to me. And so it's on his left foot and not the right foot. Initially, you would think that that wouldn't be a big deal because it's not his plant foot for throwing. But if you think about it, every quarterback's first step from under center is a left foot pivot and push in order to put themselves in throwing position with their right arm. And so not being able to twist, put, put weight on and drive to get to your proper depth in terms of your drop is going to be an issue. Not being able to be stable when you step and plant that front foot as you're throwing is going to be an issue. And any type of push off in order to be elusive or make a football move to save yourself from a pass rush is going to be problematic. That being said, then we move on to what happened in the draft. Knowing that this is the position that you're in with your starting quarterback, that he had surgery roughly some time after signing. We don't know exactly when because I don't have access to those records. I have an idea. But you knew that, oh, well, our doctor says that he should be good to go by by this time. And I believe on a foot recovery, it's usually about four to five months, which would have him at the mid, mid to late point of July. And that would give him just enough time to sneak in in terms of training camp. But in the event that there should be a setback, you are now looking at somebody who will not be available for training camp. Your backup situation is Brian Hoyer and Aiden O'Connell. And Brian Hoyer was unable to take control of the quarterback situation that saw Mac Jones and Bailey Zapp suck horribly out on the field. And so now that brings me to the question that was asked about having Aiden O'Connell out there. <laughs> At this point, what do you have to lose? Yeah. You, you have nothing to lose. You're e- either he's going to be the second coming of Tom Brady, which, again, goes back to somebody should be fired for that, or he's going to be what everybody else fears him to be and a quarterback that probably should not have been drafted, a quarterback that, would have a quarterback situation that should have prompted Dave Ziegler to give up the farm and pay whatever it was that Chicago asked to go out and get the proper guy or guys. Mm. 
So, Phil, you, you kind of lead to the point where you're – it doesn't sound like you're a fan of Aiden O'Connell like I <laughs> I wasn't either. And I think you agree with this because I read this in your piece that the era of pocket – pure pocket passing quarterbacks is over. And I think Josh yeah. McDaniels is still living in the past when it comes to that. Everyone can't be Tom Brady because that's what people shoot back at me on social media. Well, look at Tom Brady. Look at Brock Purdy. Those are outliers. You cannot yeah. expect – that from a fourth rounder that's not the expectation those are guys who rose above their expectations and they're again they're outliers but i want to get back to your piece because you ended with a question i'm going to start with that question okay so let's say jimmy garoppolo does play most of the season and the raiders win six or seven games they go six and eleven seven and ten do you keep josh mcdaniels and daisy together or do you fire one Mm. or do you fire both of them oh his background might speak to that so <laughs> now you ask six or seven games. So what take what would come comprise of a winning season? Personally, if you were all the moves that were made coming into the offseason, starting with a third most cap space, going into the draft with 12 draft picks, given the nature of what they've done with the roster in terms of turnover, taking a playoff team and turning it into 12 wins collectively the next two years. I would need to see as to why it was that they won six games. Could it be, is it defense related and still trying to build up the defense? Is it because you got an avalanche of injuries or is it because they just play Jimmy's not the guy and they just playing old suck or he goes halfway through the season and gets hurt again. Uh, one of the, one of them has to go if there's no offensive success. And I'm not going to say that it's going to be the general manager because the moves that have been made offensively are reflective of the head coach. Mm -hmm. And that, but that, that also leads to a different path of problems because once you get rid of the head coach, you now have a half of your, a third of your roster that has to be flushed. And the original talent that you had is all gone. So if these guys that they drafted don't turn out to be heroes, you got Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs is leaving, Max could probably be demanding a trade, Hunter Renfro has a set of issues on his own, there's some some concerns there, and even with those concerns, it's speculation that he won't be on the roster past next week. Yeah. So, so many unanswered questions and things that could happen between now and then, but man, we love the piece up on RaiderRamble.com, so you can continue to read Phil up there. And also make sure you follow him on Twitter, at PhilRobinson123. So three, three, because you're the third, right? Three eyes. Three eyes, thank you, to put it. Three eyes, but only one L. Yes, right? sir. <laughs> Phil, before, before we let you, I just want to give you a message to send back to Mario and Javier, my good friend Javier. I, I noticed I haven't seen any Lakers tweets from there recently. <laughs> Is everything one. good over there? Not just, a single just, one. Uh oh, basketball. Just send them my just send them my heartfelt condolences and, and thoughts and prayers because I, they were coming after me. I reverse jinxed the Lakers. They got swept, and I know they're going to say, "Well, what about the Knicks?" Well, let, let's just say the Knicks and Lakers won the same amount of. Of semi, what is that? <laughs> semi conference final games. Yeah, semi-final semi-final actually, final. conference final games. Actually, yeah, conference final. Yeah, conference so, final games. Zero zero for the Lakers and the Knicks in conference final games. So if they want to come at me and say, "What about my Knicks? What were they doing?" Well, Lakers didn't win any either. So I guess we're even. 
Yeah. yeah, you know, they didn't get all those same whistles that they got against the Warriors and, and couldn't get a, a single dub after that. Just Uh-oh, saying. There we go. See, Just got saying. the NBA going at the end Just of the saying. segment. Yep. Phil, as always, man, we appreciate you. And uh, make sure you tune in to the Unfiltered Truth as well uh, by following Phil on Twitter. It's good times. Man, take care. We'll see you soon. All right. Take care, guys. All right. Appreciate it. There you go. Phil Robinson the third. Always fun, Mo. Always fun I to got have Phil, Phil with one L. With one L, I know. Gosh, no you know, Phil for years. Yeah. So I know if I if if I'm able to go on their show again and they invite me on, I'm sure they're gonna play <laughs> Scott with one T. I think that would... <laughs> Just to pay you back. I, 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 I made that... sure to let them know it wasn't me. It, yeah. it wasn't me. So don't no, be scared hey, when I name. make. When I make a mistake, I own it, man. I'm not going to blame it on somebody else. All right, we're going to take our final break. When we come back, we will close out this Tuesday edition here on Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back. It's the home stretch here on Silver and Black Today, the Tuesday edition, as we get you set for your week. By the way, make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Just look for Silver and Black Today. Turn on the auto download. We love the free Odyssey app. You can get everything there as well. But if you subscribe on Apple iTunes, go give us a five-star rating or wherever you listen to the show. We appreciate it. To our audience on YouTube, thanks for being with us. Hit subscription and the notification bell there as well. All right, Mo, here we are. We're back. We're talking Raiders football. We spent a lot of time the segment with Phil talking about all the moves the front office made. And I think he he expressed a lot of the views that people have, you know, and we've talked about it on the show here too with, with sirens blaring in the background. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, with with <laughs> New York City, baby. Um, but with, with all that's happened over the, the last year, committing to veterans, then moving away from them, then the, the Jimmy Garoppolo signing and some of the unknowns, the not addressing the linebacker position, I think this is why this trust factor between the great people of Raider Nation and the franchise are still, uh, there's still a huge gap there between the trust. They love their team. They love their players. They always will. But with the front office, the ownership, and everything, there's still that big gap because of all of these reasons. There are two things that Phil Robinson, Phil 1L, Robinson the third, Robinson, yes. Robinson the third mentioned there is, and I think it's very important. And again, I touched on a little bit with Phil is that this could have some bearing on Josh Jacobs and whether he wants a big deal or not. Because if Jimmy G is banged up coming into the year, coming into training camp, Josh, they're probably looking at Josh Jacobs like, we're going to have to run Josh Jacobs like we ran him last year to get the offense going as Jimmy G gets used to his teammates. So if I'm Josh Jacobs or his agent, I'm looking at this as an opportunity, so to speak, to say, look, Jimmy G's a little banged up. Your wide receiver says he doesn't see eye to eye with the front office and the offense. This is the time where you push for that contract because you are the most important offensive player outside of Devontae Adams on that roster right now. So I think it will be a good time for Josh Jacobs to push for that new deal. The other thing that Phil mentioned that I want to talk about is the Raiders would be in a tough position if the offense doesn't have the success we think it could have. Because I think with Jimmy G healthy, it could still be a top 10 offense. I believe they were 11th last year in scoring or or totally are. It's one of the two. With Jimmy G healthy, it could be a pretty good offense. But if if the offense is stagnant with Jimmy G healthy, that's a problem. And, and it's not as easy as just flushing out Josh McDaniels because, as he mentioned, a lot of the guys that are originally there are no longer there. The, the former cornerstones, Derek Carr gone, uh, Hunter Renfro may be gone, and Phil Robson touched on that. You know, so D- Darren Waller gone on offense. So if they wanted to move on from Josh McDaniels and, and then keep Dave Ziegler, 
you're going to have to hire another head coach, and that head coach is probably going to enact another mini rebuild because he's yes. going to want his own defensive yes. coordinator and his own coaching staff. So the Raiders are going to have right. to go through another cycle of a of, of more roster turnover. Right. And I think I think even if you want Josh McDaniels out, you don't want to see turnover that quit happening within two years. So unless that head coach likes Jimmy G and wants to keep him, which I doubt because of his injury history and maybe his play, if he has a bad season, he's going to want another quarterback which means the Raiders are going to have to reconstruct maybe their offensive line. He may have a different philosophy <clears> for that, for the blocking schemes. He may want another wide receiver, not Jacoby Myers, because Jacoby Myers is a Patriots guy. So the problem with bringing in all these Patriots, as Raider fans have been railing against, is if Joshua McDaniels doesn't last a long time, the new guy coming in is probably going to want to flush all these Patriot guys out and yes. bring other guys in. So that's a lot it, of turnover there. It is, and and that's why... That's why, it, to me, it's either Josh McDaniels will be there four years or they'll, he'll be gone after this next year. Like, you can't go too long, right? You can't go too long because if you are going to do mini rebuild, if the season goes horribly wrong this year and it's evident that part of that is because of <clears throat> what Josh McDaniels has asked for and is doing, then you almost have to because if you're going to do, quote-unquote, another mini rebuild – you got to do that within two years and you can't. And so then you're talking six years. If you wait three or four years versus four years, it, it's, it's a mess, Mo, if they don't hit on it. So that's where I understand. But I think the, the premise I was getting to with this, and you brought up all the right points with it is that Raider nation overall, I can understand the skepticism because what's happening and the Jimmy G contract addendum, not a total big deal from a money perspective, but it's a trust issue. You sign a guy, everybody's already, a lot of people, a lot of fans, suspect of it anyway because of his injury history, and then this comes out later. And I know it was sensationalized a bit because we're in that dry period of NFL news. I get it. But still, it's just another reason for fans to be skeptical, and I don't disagree with them. This, listen, we saw this week again. Uh, the cost at Allegiant Stadium to go see a Raider game up again, number one in the league again. Everything is going up in cost. So, so you're a fan and you're trying to support your team. You just need positive momentum, Mo. You just need something to go right for you. And it doesn't seem like anything yet. There's time. Okay. We haven't even gotten a training camp, but I can understand the sort of feeling of despair out there. The one thing I didn't touch on early and then I haven't mentioned yet is a lot of people, some people have asked, why didn't this, why didn't the Raiders be kind of forthcoming with this news about Jimmy G's injury? And my theory is that the optics mattered here. And I know some people want to say, well, oh, these teams don't care about what the media says or thinks. Yeah, they do. They care. They do care about, they do care about optics. Trust me, they do. And I think the Raiders knowing that Jimmy G would have to undergo surgery after they sign him. Can you imagine introducing your next quarterback who replaced Derek Carr, who's very durable, by the way, mm-hmm. introducing Jimmy G and go, oh, yeah, by the way, he's going to need foot surgery. <laughs> like, that's he's, not he's a going good, in next week. <laughs> right. That's not a good look at an introductory no. press conference. So obviously they weren't going to announce it then or, or soon after because it's just optically is, again, not a good look. So that's probably the reason. They held that. They withheld that information. A good, they did a good job of holding that information in. It came out later. It's easier to stand up in front of the podium at OTAs and go, "Well, Jimmy's not ready yet. He's still on the mend from his broken foot." And by the way, he had surgery in in May. Versus at the introductory press conference. Oh, by the way, new quarterback. Nice to meet you, Jimmy. He's already yeah, here. He, he's gonna he's gonna have to have surgery in the, within the next week. So yeah. we don't know when he's gonna be able to play. But here's your right. new quarterback. Right. It, 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 that just wasn't going to happen. Optically, it's just poor. And, and the, the relation, the public relations was not going to 
okay that no one's going to no. say anything the coach's staff was not going to say anything he was not going to say anything so i understand i understand the timing of it but again what i will say that for me the cutoff point or the deadline for me is the first week of training camp if jimmy yep. g <laughs> is not on the field at least throwing to his teammates by the first week of training camp you start to think we may have a problem and the raiders may have to sign carson wentz <laughs> Carson Wentz. Oh boy. Yeah, there's not a lot of options out there. I saw somebody tweeting out pictures of Cam Newton because he knows the system. No. Uh can but I anyway. Ask, really quick, can I say something yes. about that? Because Cam yeah. I, people have suggested Cam Newton before. And I will say, if you're suggesting Cam Newton, go back to when Cam Newton played under Josh McDaniels and see how that panned out. It, it didn't, didn't work do. out very well. No, it didn't. It didn't. It was one of, it was Cam Newton's worst year. I know he's at the downside of his career now, but if it didn't work out. Two years ago, yeah. which make, what makes you think is going to work out now? Yeah, they're thinking of third year Cam Newton. That's why people people get lost in how good he was and where he is now. It's a whole different thing. But Mo, we head into this week. Obviously, today May thirtieth, uh, June first. There's June first designation with play. We talked about Hunter Renfro. The possibility all season of him being moved has been discussed. I think it's going to happen. Uh, and to Phil Robinson's point about still needing a linebacker. Uh, you see anything happening this week? Might that turn some positive momentum for this team if they can turn a beloved player? Yes, but if they go out and they get somebody like a Patrick Queen or somebody like that, could that start to change the optics here for Raider Nation? It could, and I don't want to steal my own thunder, but in the piece that I have coming up on Sports Night, I talked about this on the Bleach Report Live show last Saturday. There are two linebacker options that I think the Raiders should consider um, of course, we talked about Patrick Queen and Isaiah Simmons, but what will the Raiders have to give up to get those guys? I'll go into that in the sports not column. Nice. Letting you know, because you, you just can't get a player for free, right? Unless you nope. just give that. And even if you give up a draft pick, it's not for free. You're going to have to give up something to get something out. I'll, I'll work out some realistic trades that fans can look at and consider if the Raiders want to acquire one of those linebackers. All right. Well, we'll, we'll talk about that on our next show on Thursday as we wrap up this edition, this Tuesday edition after the holiday weekend of Silver and Black today an odyssey original podcast thanks to our guest phil robinson the third you can follow him again on twitter at phil with one l <laughs> robinson and three eyes yes he is the third and you can follow mo on twitter m-o-e-m-o-t-o-n i am at lv gully make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you get it mo we will talk to you on thursday man and hopefully with some maybe some trade news we'll see yeah, we'll break it down if it's there. Uh, special shout out to our producer, Mike, and uh, the rest of the folks at Odyssey. And to all of you, have a great rest of your short week, and we'll talk to you on Thursday. Bye-bye now.